has the material condition of women improved in Northern Kenya under devolution? Welcome to the Elephant TV. My name is Abdullahi. Our guest today is Kulamo. Um, we'll be talking about gender question in the Horn, largely, largely around the pastoralist communities. Uh, Kulamo, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, Abdullahi. Kulamo, I wanted to start with you that we've had two electoral cycles and now we are heading into the third one under the 2010 um, uh, devolution constitution. Has the material condition of women improved in Northern Kenya under devolution? Um, yes, uh, but I think probably that yes is not as emphatic as it ought to be. Um, yes, because um, the position of women representative that has been introduced under the new constitution has really um, then sort of brought on board women that ordinarily will not have been anywhere in terms of being even, you know, given an opportunity. Uh, but that we say, if it is one woman per county, that's literally just a drop in the ocean. Uh, and, and that also hasn't really, among the pastoralists or, or, or the northern counties, it really hasn't sunk uh, to the communities what is the responsibility or the role of uh, women representative. And, and so most of the time it's that person is in that office or is elected by virtue of probably the, the team that they have come together with. And, and so nobody gives uh, um, a lot of uh, thought in terms of what is this women representative seat. What is it for? Is it to raise the agenda of the women is, or is it just to accompany the men uh, to parliament? So yes, we do have those positions that should have elevated the voices of women and began probably to change the dynamics of, of conversations about centering issues around the role of the women uh, from the household up to the leadership position. But it hasn't really done much, especially in northern uh, counties. Um, I also said it it is um, uh, a yes uh, or, or a no uh, on the basis of what we are seeing. But I am very hopeful uh, because uh, in the first county government, if you look at northern counties and you include Samburu among the northern counties. Uh, there's the young uh, uh, senator who was nominated at that time, uh, one Naisula Lesuda, and, and that gave her the platform. She was nominated initially. Then on the second term, she vied for the position of uh, the MP uh, for Samburu East, and she did uh, get into that position. She actually um, trounced a gentleman uh, from Samburu. And, when I look at it, I kind of say probably we need to see first, give the women the opportunity first for them to begin to establish themselves. Then now, once they are a non-entity, and you know that is a differentiation factor of an individual plus her leadership qualities and all this, then that woman now already has had um, uh, husband somewhere, then she has, uh, uh, they have a memory of where she has been, and they can recall what she has been able to do and now consider her. 
Otherwise, if it is just a new person coming on board um, and they are competing with men, um, there is highly no likelihood of that woman being considered for that position. Uh, but you lead a gender docket at the county level. What are some of the critical lessons that you've learned as a practitioner and you learned um, you know, as, a, as a daily lived experience? Um, you come from the community. We have now this county government, tremendous amount of expectation, also tremendous amount of challenges and needs. So what are some of the critical lessons that we've le you've learned as a person, but also as a practitioner too? Um, as someone who sits in that docket, and mostly also for someone who comes from that community, I, I, I believe, I want to celebrate devolution first uh, because it's devolution that has really taken the services closer to the people. The entire budget making process requires that we have these conversations from the village level all the way up. And when we put together those committees, uh, that will then have to sit with the technical people. It means that we are just not looking at anybody or we are not just gathering people from the market, but that we are looking at the issues of representation. So the youth, the women and the men, the, the, the opinion leaders will all be in that conversation. So we have seen what devolution has done is to open up spaces for these uh, communities and especially the women persons with disability and youth to be able to be part of the conversation. True to it, uh, I know that the issue of public participation, sometimes we say it is the best thing, but we are not even doing you know, quality work in terms of uh, the, the public participation because oftentimes when you associate that public participation to attendance list, and probably a soda or, or you know a meal being, being offered, then it shifts uh, the, the focus to who do you know? And uh, will you be invited because there is something or if there is nothing, then people will not even come to participate. But at the county level, we are trying the best way that we can. We know we have programs under the gender directorate, uh, but without crying too much, I know that the budget for gender is really hardly there. And, and you know issues of gender cross-cutting. So sometimes asking the other sectors, even when they are doing their work, what is the composition of the people you're dealing with? How do your programs focus on issues of gender so that you're just not doing blanket uh, program uh, management, but that you're able to consider issues of gender. And specifically, of course, we always say gender is not women, it's not equal to women. Uh, but then again, uh, we have to understand that focusing on gender means giving special attention to women, because this is the population that for a long time has been ignored. This is, um, I mean, women are more than men, um, according to, to, to our, our census that we know, we have 52% of the population of Kenya being women but then they don't also take part in, in the conversation as much because sometimes we also remove that conversation from their uh, comfort areas. And, and what we uh, as at the county level and within the gender directorate, what we try and do is as much as possible, try and have this conversation at the lower level where you're not inconveniencing a woman or a youth or a person with disability 
ability so that you don't disadvantage them further. So there are quite um, uh, some challenges, uh, but there are also uh, positive gains because uh, the procurement process also sets aside 30% uh, of the budget uh, to take care of uh, women, gender, I mean, um, the youth and persons with disability. Uh, what we do in the gender directorate is to track that. Uh, so every year we ask uh, the departments to tell us uh, what percentage of the reserve uh, um, contracts or, or procurement processes has been taken up uh, by women, has been taken up by the youth, has been taken up uh, by the persons with disabilities. So we do that, but it has to be really an effort to be able to continue to do this. Uh, in Marsabit, I am glad that uh, together with six other counties, we have a program called the Ushanga program. And the Ushanga program is basically making use of our bead work uh, to try and find a commercial uh, angle to that. And so we are working very closely with uh, the Ministry of Culture. And what we have done in Marsabit is rather than focus on just the Rendile or the Samburu, who are traditional bidders, we've given that opportunity to uh, all our women from the four sub-counties. Uh, we've trained them and we have discovered that with just a little training and capacity building, uh, the women have the potential to be able to uh, do the bid work. And uh, currently we've already registered these uh, women in cooperatives. And what we are doing is uh, they are doing, doing product development, but we are trying to see how then we can catalog uh, those products and find markets within which they can sell. Why are we doing this? Because this is the only trend where women specifically are uh, actively involved in it. And what we are looking at also as pastoralist counties is alternative livelihoods. This livestock and, and, and you know, the, the big stock and the small stock, uh, it's becoming very difficult with the patterns of the rains and the drought that they may not have much control about it, but is there something that they can do with their hands within their homesteads? And we can find market for them so that they can find some little money here and there to take care of their families. So small things here and there are, are, are happening, uh, but I wish that from the national government level all the way to the county government level that we can begin to resource those blockades. How do you approach and have you seen changes uh, within the community with respect to the gender roles and gender functions? Um, we have a long way to go. Yes. Uh, but given that it, it's just not really pastoralist counties, maybe these are issues that even the developed world is still struggling with. But, but, for, but for us, it's sort of like saying it is that dark corner where we really want to get out of, but which is becoming a little difficult or is taking too long for us to shine. So we need to spotlight uh, gender among the pastoralists. But in my observation, and I think, um, I don't know whether I'm right or wrong, is that we are seeing a little bit of, because of this public participation, involvement of women and you know the youth and persons with disabilities in this conversation, we are hearing or seeing more women coming up. Uh, but in pastoralist counties, I think those of us who have gone to schools, those of us who are in positions where we need to mentor our, our girls and, and, and you know the women, they need to see us more in active life 
so that they begin to see that, you know what, it is doable. It doesn't matter that you are a woman uh, or that you are a pastoralist uh, woman, that Kulamo has, is doing something and more of us, when we see her doing it, then we should be able. So they have the ability. For the time being, I think we are very few of us. Those of us who are in these positions hardly reach even those communities. So they don't have many, you know, uh, people to look up to. They don't have mentors. They don't have, you know, inspirational stories. So I will urge uh, my sisters uh, and who are, you know, uh, educated in those uh, positions of power or leadership to really come and, you know, uh, hold the hand of our women and girls so that they can be inspired. Um, we, I will also literally add, you know, the leadership to give um, opportunity to women. Uh, for instance, I know that because of the constitutional requirements of not more than two thirds of any one gender should be in those positions, we see many more women coming up and occupying those positions of directors and senior management. But then again, you could be in that position and not have a substantive you know, uh, yeah. it could be tokenism. Yeah. Really, you are given that position because they needed to satisfy uh, that requirement. But do those women have, you know, uh, the qualification, the, the qualifications, and you know, competencies yes. to hold those uh, positions substantively? So there's a lot of uh, uh, work that needs to be done to be able to also build capacities of those women, those that are even in those positions. Um, because of the constitutional requirement, I know that within the county governments and the northern counties have not been left behind, that at least three of the CEC members at the cabinet are women. Uh, but I always uh, tell my colleagues that uh, you literally have to raise your voice extra yeah. to be given an opportunity to address some of those issues. And even when we are in those positions, again, what dockets are we holding? because you could be three women, all of you holding, you know, the, what we call quote unquote women positions, yes. uh, which are really- um, Marginal, uh, marginal, 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 yes. marginal, you know, portfolio. Ministries, yes. exactly, ministries without any budget. Funding, where you know, staff, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so no, absolutely. again, can absolutely. we do that? Because yeah. I am quite sure it's not that they are not capable, but they have not been allocated because of issues of uh, the men who are presiding over uh, the governments, um, so they make those choices, but we need to give more opportunities to women. Um, so I am saying that we need to be very intentional uh, on issues of gender for us to be able to have, you know, the numbers and, and, you know, it's one thing to have that number represented. It's another to also really sit at the head of that table. Absolutely. So we need to move our women to those positions. Absolutely. Um, you know, it would be a remiss for me not to, you know, um, ask your thoughts about the ongoing drought in, you know, in northern part and large and also the horn on the entire region that is the horn of Africa. I mean, like, how is the county dealing with it? I know you mentioned about beating the Ushanga program. What are the ways in which women are being enabled because they disproportionately bear the brunt? You know, if it's going to you know, fetch water and fire where they walk long distance, child nutrition, a lot of the time, it's the mother's responsibility. And also, if the Morans, you know, travel long distance in search of water and pasture, they are left on their own. And so how, how do you think 
you know, the counties are doing what needs to be to be improved for the mothers not to be as affected as they are. This is quite uh, something that um, counties and especially uh, the northern counties are struggling with. Uh, but oftentimes, again, this is the challenge because when we look at drought, actually we don't go down to the details of how is this drought affecting different, you know, uh, 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 members of the community, how is it affecting women, how is it affecting children, how is it affecting or even aggravating the situation of malnutrition and all that. Uh, but what the counties are doing is initially, of course, we have to really just attend to the issues uh, that are biting. If it is issues of food, then food supplies are made. And, and one thing that has really worked for example in Marsabit is that there is coordinated effort between the county government, the national government, and, and, and also uh, the CSOs or the NGOs that are working in these communities. So that we sit around the table and say, yes, this is what the county government can do. This is what the, the, the national government can do. What is it that the, the CSOs can do? And in having that conversation, ours is to first um, deal with the issue of hunger. Uh, so that food is available to these communities. And, and because of the challenge of transport, especially in places like Marsabi, really uh, sub-counties and some places are really removed. And what we are opting out, uh, especially with the CSOs, is to give cash transfer. So alternatives that we are suggesting, uh, water tracking, a lot of water tracking is happening in Marsabit so that we minimize uh, the distances that women have to travel to look for that water. It is true that the, the woman remains, uh, you know, the, the, the bearer of the burden because she's left behind with all the children, school going, non-school going. Uh, she still has to think about what the children who are looking after the animals are eating. So going uh, somewhere and negotiating for the food uh, so that especially once the animals are settled, then she can have one or two goats sold and, you know, she can pay for that debt. Uh, but um, as, as the gender directorate, uh, we keep advising the government on how best we can uh, attend to the issues of women, because if you don't serve them well, then it means that the issues of malnutrition and stunting, that is really a headache. Uh, to especially Marsabit uh, continues to become uh, worse. So there are small, small things that are being done so that the woman is comfortable and that she's able uh, to take care of, especially uh, the, young, the young ones under her care. Uh, but I know that we need to think about policies that really focus on how much of that burden and what are some of the strategies that we can apply so that uh, those burdens are just, or, or we are not routinely doing what we have been doing without uh, being cognizant of how this uh, drought especially is affecting uh, the, the women and the households uh, at the very lower level. Um, I will suggest that we need to look at modalities for easing and what is it that uh, women can do uh, at that level? Is it that they need to manage more the water sources? Because in some places, uh, the water kiosks are there, but you discover that uh, those committees are also mostly men. So sometimes even when they open the water for access or the monies that are collected from, uh, you know, at the pay, pay point, may not even be doing the work that is supposed to be doing. So we need to have and involve more women uh, in those uh, positions also where they can manage their affairs. If it is food distribution, uh, maybe women will even be more fair. 
uh, in terms of which households will get, uh, because they know each other, they know the number of uh, children that households have, rather than, you know, a man presiding over and without uh, knowing the details of who should be getting a better portion than the other. So women should be in some of these committees, especially at the lower level, so that they can exercise uh, some of those nurturing uh, talents that women are endowed with. Yeah, uh, and finally, you know, it is an election season uh, up in the north. The Council of Elders, who are predominantly men, have been, you know, endorsing candidates, issuing even certificates, you know, like uh, the Electoral Commission. What is your take? Uh, does this give women a chance or, you know, it makes their already, you know, difficult chance for women to get in even a little bit difficult? I mean, they, they do definitely play a positive role, but if it's not unexamined, there are certain nuances that tends to be missed. Thank you. Well, <laughs> I, I, my opinion is uh, with these issues of um, uh, the kind of democracy that we see uh, in pastoralist communities, I would say first is, you know, because of the dynamics, uh, yes. our communities, we have uh, this issue of just not the tribe. You yes. go deeper into the issues yes. of class and subclans. Yes, uh, yes. And, and and so I will say that negotiated democracy is, is a good thing. Look yes. at the case for Marsabi, yes. where we have 14 indigenous communities. Yes. Then those 14 communities still have their own clans and internal structures. So if we don't have modalities for managing ourselves, it means that ultimately we'll probably have one tribe yeah. um, taking all the seeds or, 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 you know, being uh, the, the governors of those positions are dominating the, the, the counties. Um, so sometimes it, it's a very healthy thing, I, I, I say. But then now, how do we make it work? Uh, for just uh, not managing those dynamics, but how will it even work for women? So that it's just not all men uh, sitting at the table and deciding the fate of everybody in that uh, community, but that the women are also included. So can we modernize the negotiated democracies so that it can also have members of the youth and the women and persons with disabilities? That way then, we can also be talking about, uh, you know, uh, the women being involved in that decision making, and so that they can also push the agenda for women. So what I will um, request and urge our women folk is we are not shying away. Uh, look at the, the community uh, lambda that says that uh, between seven to 15 members of that committee uh, I mean, committee is the one that will be managing community land up and specifically says there must be women, there must be youth. And, and so we need to go back and revisit some of these structures so that we can model them around, you know, modern approaches to democracy and they can work for both men and women. So I will, I will think it's a good beginning point that this negotiated democracy itself is a greater goal, uh, but this demo, uh, negotiated democracy must also be inclusive. No, thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank, thank you, uh, Kulamo, again for taking your time. And I think uh, we'll stop it at, at that for now, but I'm sure we will, we, I'll be looking for you.